When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oppo, featuring Supervook, lightning quick smartphone charging tech. This is Phoenix Nation on SENZ. You're on SENZ. This is Phoenix Nation, thanks to Oppo. Coming up on the show today, Danny Milosevic, uh, the Perth Glory goalkeeping coach, is going to join us. Of course, he was part of the New Zealand Knights squad when that was a thing at the start of the A-League. So I'll catch up with him later in the show. Josh Laws from the Phoenix men's team is also going to come on. We'll talk about him filling the boots of Scott Wooten at the moment. But uh, we couldn't go past... The boss lady. After that 5-0 win against Canberra and United, Natalie Lawrence, our coach of the Women's Liberty A-League side, congratulations. How much of a weight off your shoulders was getting that three points? Oh, it was huge. It was a big weight for everyone. And, you know, the girls had been working super, super hard. And, like, internally we were like, we're going to have this game. There's going to be a game where everything comes together and we just score goals and it and it happens. And... I never thought it would happen like it did, but I'm super, super happy for the players. And yeah, there's there's like a different feeling amongst the group now, a feeling of we've done it, we love that feeling, and let's chase that feeling more and have that feeling be more normal for us. So that's the challenge now to keep that momentum going. Yeah, the belief, eh? the belief is strong. Yeah, yeah. And they like credit to the players they believed in how we wanted to play and what we wanted to do even when you know we were only narrowly losing since the since that camp the first Canberra game every loss or or game has been really really tight and and we've competed and deserved more out of some so the message was let's not like leave the game saying we deserved more let's just go get more so um they showed they've showed great character throughout the throughout the season so far this group so um yeah they're they're feeling like they don't want that to be a one-off that needs to be the new standard now so yeah it's pretty cool it was cool to do it at sky stadium yeah fantastic to do it i mean you've mentioned that you know so some narrow losses particularly i think probably the most gutting one from a fan point of view watching it was western united because it looked like the job maybe not the job had been done but definitely deserved something from that game and uh for it to the winning goal for them to be so late in the piece was uh, absolutely gutting yeah and um you know another set piece we've worked really hard at our set pieces to to consider to concede sorry a set piece really really late but then again the girls just pushed and pushed and pushed to try and find that um to try and find the equalizer and and you know that could have been a big turning point for us going away to western united who are top of the league and get a point after losing 4-1 at home you know with the players that they've got so um it it was still like a slight turning point for us because it it gave the belief that we can compete with anyone um but getting the win, the win was the th- the thing that everyone was thinking about. It was the thing that everyone was talking about. The pressure was piling. So um, to do it, 
and to do it how we did it. We didn't just scrape a one nil win. We did it with the attacking football that we want to be playing. Um, some of the goals we scored were just amazing. Um, you know, set pieces we are strong on when you've got Mickey Foster that can just pull it on a dime with either foot. Like <laughs> that's quite a, quite a talent that she's got. So, uh, but to score some in open play, um, especially just before half time, was yeah, it was a real real a confidence booster for the players. And a little bit of an innovation from you as a coach as well. I mean, we're used to being seeing Betsy Hassett be the engine room of this team and scurrying around in the middle of the park and covering the, you know, sort of uh, covering the front of the defence. Uh, where did the idea come from to play her as part of a front two? Yeah, I, I suppose she she does like playing higher. She, she plays a deeper role for the Ferns, but, you know, you see her in training and she will glide past players and, and she's got pretty, like, a decent strike on her. She's, like, smart. So um, when she was away for those two games and we put Chloe back as um, one of the sixes with Wiz, we felt that Chloe had really, like, developed in that role and was um, calmer on the ball, able to escape pressure better, connect her passes better. Um, so we like spoke about it as a coaching staff and whilst the partnership of Wiz and Betsy is really good and really strong, we were like, let's get Betsy higher up the field so she can um, try and create more. And yeah, luckily for us, it kind of worked out and she just came off the field and was like, that was fun. So if we can, you know, keep Betsy super engaged and enjoying her football, then we might get a couple more seasons out of her too. Yeah, which would be fantastic. It's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, it's, kind it's, of it's, fun. Winning 5 0 is kind of fun. <laughs> um, uh, just on Chloe, I, I, I do want to talk about, um, about Millie as well, but on Chloe, that in a way mirrors a, a little bit of um, Clayton Lewis's, uh, you know, transition as well, because, you know, he was very much a 10 or, you know, at least a, a box to boxer and an eight. And, you know, he's been turned into a six and, and he offers that in the men's team. I mean, do you see the correlation there? Absolutely. And like you look at the pass that Chloe made to set Mickey Foster on her way for her first time cross to Ava's goal. And that's like the stuff that we've known she's been able to do. And it's just being patient with her in um, like last year, she was very much used and did a really good job of being quite a pressing nine. She created a lot for other people, um, wasn't on the ball heaps. Whereas this year we've just progressively allowed her to be more present on the ball and you know when when Betsy was away for Rosie's um wedding we were like let's let's throw Chloe in as a six again because she was training really well in that role and just getting on the ball heaps making better decisions on the ball and when we kind of reviewed the game she was she was a lot lower than Wiz was we thought that Wiz would maybe step more into that lower role and dictate a bit more but we stayed the box to box and Chloe stayed more like a six so we were like let's the balance seems to be there I think we struggled a little bit with our midfield balance um but yeah three incredibly intelligent midfielders um able to uh be in different positions and 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 stuff so yeah we were pretty happy that we could get Betsy high and Chloe did a great job she's getting on the ball heap she's her pass completion is like in the 80 percent 
for and for a centre midfielder, I think that's fantastic. So, um, yeah, we're pretty happy. She's developed heaps. I made a joke and called her after that ball she played to Mickey Foster, called her Chloe De Bruyne. So um, <laughs> that's the ongoing joke at the moment. And she's a United fan, so I don't know whether she's happy with that or not, but we'll go with it. CDB, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Millie Clegg, I remember having a conversation with you a while ago, actually, after seeing her, I think it was was it the 2021 Kate Shepherd Cup final where she absolutely tore it up. And I was like, this 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 kid could easily play at another level. She looked a step mm-hmm. above everyone on the field. And we and we saw that as well on the weekend. Um, she, she was superb, close to um, probably the uh, the MVP. Yeah. Ah, she was incredible. And it's been, again, like a performance like that from Millie's been coming. And we've been super patient because she's 17. Yeah. And I think that it's really important that she's had a really good performance that we don't, um, just put too much pressure on her. Um, she is 17. She probably will be still somewhat inconsistent. But if she can perform like that every week, um, which we know that she can, and she's got the biggest smile on her face this week, like it's, the confidence that that's given her is amazing. Um, and we'll keep nurturing her, and she's still got some developing to do, but she's super, super exciting player. Mm. And seeing her on the weekend like I think that that's still a glimpse of what she's got um and it's really important that we allow her to um still kind of explore the kind of player that she wants to be not put too much pressure on her to to be the MVP every week um and like enjoy watching her like flourish and develop in this league and you know, really enjoy the fact that having this team allows players like Millie to do that. So I've been so many positives came from Millie's performance. Yeah, well, and on that, I, I do want to ask you, because we had another young player at the beginning of the season uh, who started brightly after an under-20 World Cup, but um, has then had some issues and hasn't been on the field as much. Where is Alyssa Winnem at, at the moment? Yeah, Alyssa, Alyssa will be back pretty soon. Um, I've got a chat with her today, so... Um, She's, she's doing well. She's um, been kind of training by herself for a little bit. And yeah, we should have, I, I imagine she'll start coming back. Um, we've got a like quite a chill February in terms of games. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we'll start integrating her back in from from now, really. Fantastic. That's almost like a mid-season signing for you getting back it that is. way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, Kate Taylor was a mid-season signing for us, mm. and and know. Lily will be eventually, hopefully. Lily will be eventually. She's got she's she's got a battle on her hands now, though. Yeah, like Brie has stepped up massively, and credit to Brie to what she brings to this team. Um, and she deserved she deserved a clean sheet, her first ever A League clean sheet, and um, saving a penalty. She did it in style, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Lil's our captain, Lil's our glue and our rock. Um, and she's Brewery's biggest supporter. So it's it's good that between them and it, and having somebody like Georgia Candy as well, pushing them both, um, that's allowed Brie to develop in the right that she has. Yeah, I mean, for you, that's got to be uh, great, right? Like as a coach at the beginning of the season, I imagine, you know, from the outside looking in, it looked very much like you had a number one, you had a number two, and you had a number three. Now it looks like you've got two number ones. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what Bree's done. 
I think it was the first couple of games she was under a little bit of pressure, um, made like a couple of little mistakes. Um, but what she does is she brushes it off, she learns and she develops in every area of her game that she's asked to. And you, you kind of see that now. So she's been given the opportunity now to play nine games when she thought she might get three or four. Um, and every single game she's got better and better and that clean sheet was coming. And like I said, Lil is her biggest fan. So um, uh, they'll continue pushing her. And when Lil's back to be ready and playing, we're going to have a decision to make. Yeah, well, it's a nice position to be in, right? So yeah. Those, those are the decisions yeah. you want to have to make, the difficult decisions there on, yeah. on that front. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff, Nat. Hey, listen, I know you've got a busy day, mate. I really appreciate your time, so we'll let you go. But best of luck this weekend. And it doesn't have to be five every weekend, but uh, let's hope there's, there's three points at the end of whatever happens this weekend, eh? Sounds good. We'll try our best. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. This is SENZ and it's Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo and uh, joining us now is a man who's been a big part of the Phoenix squad this season and Josh Laws. G'day, Josh. How are you, mate? Good. Nice to speak to you. Thanks yeah, good. Well, oh, mate, my pleasure. My pleasure. You've uh, uh, had a had a decent run on the side now with Scott out uh, injured. How's how's it been for you? How's the uh, getting a decent run of games been for you? It's been great, actually. Um, obviously, it was uh, a difficult few weeks for me when I wasn't... Um, managing to get as much game time as I normally want to. Um, so it's been great to get back. And obviously, um, to get an assist on the weekend as well helps me uh, sort of solidify, hopefully, my position in the team. And, and um, as the team in general, I think we're doing, we're doing really good. I think, we've, I think we've made a really good turn the last few weeks and have stepped it up. Um, and as you see, we've, we've managed to climb the ladder pretty, pretty quickly. So hopefully uh, that continues. Yeah, well, that's the thing, man. It's such a tight league, eh? such a tight league. You know, a couple of a couple of wins, and you can go, you can move so far up the up the ladder. Yeah, it's mental. When you look, I think when you just look at the point difference between, obviously, the top, it's still quite close. But if you look at the point difference between, I think probably us all the way down to ninth place, it's something only like four points really in between it. You know, mm. um, and we're only halfway through the season, so I think that that this ladder is going to change a lot um, in the next few months. Um, so there's a lot to play for still. Yeah, tons to play for, mate. Tons to play for. And, and good to get a bit of a, a monkey off your back with Central Coast as well. They've been a bit of a bogey team the last sort of season and a half, right? Good to get that win. It is. They have been. They're, look, they're, they're a difficult team to play against. Um, they're sort of very physical, load the line on on the, on the our defence as well. And um, all of the games we've played against them have always been quite uh, sort of open and uh, not chaotic, but just quite free-flowing. Um which I think is good for the fans. Hopefully, you know, the fans enjoy watching those games. Um, and we always uh, we always seem to get a scuffle at the end of the game at the moment, which which I think the boys kind of enjoy, to be honest. I think the boys quite like rallying around each other, um, you know. So um, that was uh, that was an interesting one again on the weekend. Yeah, well, actually, a question for you, because he always seems to be at the thick of it as Ollie Sale, right? I mean, he's, he seems to... He's got good chat, I think, is probably the best way to put that. Uh, but if, <laughs> yeah. if you were going to have to scrap somebody else in the Wellington squad, who would be the last bloke you'd want to scrap? <laughs> He'd probably be up there, to be honest. Or, uh, I don't know, it might be it might be Bawley as well. He always uh, he always claims he's got dad strength. Um, <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe I want to test, test myself against him, um, see if it's true. He's got a bit of a mongrel in him, Bawley, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, he has. He loves, he loves the fact that he thinks he's a soldier as well. Um, which, to be fair to him, to be fair to him, he's, he, he, uh, 
I think um, he picked up a little knock on the weekend as well. And he, he just, you know, he continues to always just push through these things and, and keeps playing. So that's a testament to, to how much he wants to play. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I mean, let, let's uh, talk a little bit about you and about your story. I mean, um, you've been at the Phoenix for a couple of seasons now, but in terms of your background, where you came through um, and, and and what you want to do from here, I mean, tell us a bit about that first. When you first started playing football and, and when you first got an opportunity at this level. Yeah, well, um, I moved around quite a lot when I was younger um, and then ended up playing a large... Uh, I apologise for the noise, by the way. That's the boys in the background playing football tennis. Um, but yeah, I am... Um, <laughs> live I, from uh, the gym, I, ladies and gentlemen, live from the gym. <laughs> yeah, they should be doing their uh, their activations and prehab, but instead they're uh, out here kicking the ball around. Um, you can't keep them away from it. Um, no, I I, uh, I spent a lot of my academy years in um, in Germany and... Um, it was about it was eight years there at uh, Fortuna Düsseldorf, um, and um, learned a lot in that league. I think it was a really good place to be for for a young player as well. You know, obviously everyone wants to to be to play in Europe, um, and the competition there was was really high standard. You know, playing against teams like Dortmund and and Leverkusen week in and week out, and that was good for me. Um, and um, obviously, then through that, I was with the uh, Australian national team set up, uh, and that's actually how I ended up uh, sort of meeting Offi. Um, he was an uh, assistant coach for me back in the days when we had the under-17s uh, World Cup. So um, that's kind of how the contact came, uh, or the connection came between me moving from Germany uh, back uh, back down under, or back here um, to the A-League. And um, yeah, and then this is my third season here. Um, it was, um, I've just enjoyed it a lot, to be honest with you, mate. Um, obviously, the last two seasons was a bit chaotic for, for the team in general, because we, we were based in, in Australia a lot. Um, but I have quite a lot of family there, so it wasn't it wasn't as difficult for me as it was for other other players. But um, I was kind of always looking forward to, to coming back to Welly. I remember when we came here for I think it was the end of the first season. We had those few games back and back, and we got to play at the Sky Stadium. And I remember the first time we played here. I think we had a turnout of I think it must have been I think we played Western United. We had a turnout of like twenty four thousand. I remember afterwards we had like a week here and it was amazing weather. I got roped in with the weather. It was it was sunny the whole time. Um, and I said to the boys, you know, I can't wait to come back. Um, and it has been a really enjoyable time here. I do like the city. Um, so yeah, I've just, you know, I've, I played, I moved around quite a lot. Um, and obviously at the moment, um, you know, my, my contract's running out, but, um, you know, I'm not really yet sure what's going to happen. You know, I'd love to keep playing here. Um, we've got to determine with the club what's going to happen. And, and obviously that stuff is yet to be decided. I've still got a few months left in my contract, so we'll see, but, um, I'm really enjoying it here. And I think, at the moment, if we can keep playing the way we are, we're going to end up having a really good season. And, uh, and I think uh, hopefully one for the for the memory. Yeah, exactly. Sign them up, Offie. Sign them up. Get them back in there. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, you know, you're still you're still quite young, um, and you're and you're getting to train week in week out with a guy like Scott Wooten, who came through the United Academy and and played at Leeds United in the Championship for three seasons and things like that. I mean, how much uh, have you learned from from training and working with him? Yeah, a lot. Scotty's Scotty's been a class uh, class act to be fair, since he's been here, um, and I think in general he fits fits well into that group of the boys. You know, we're actually I this is this is the best sort of team environment that I've that I've ever been in um, in terms of the lads and the group, um, and uh, he fit into that amazingly. And and uh, there's a lot of things tips that you can give me and a lot of things because I you know originally I was a midfielder. It's only been the last three seasons that I've actually adjusted to playing centre back. Um, I do think it fits me and suits me 
um, better than actually mid, a midfielder at the moment, um, or from now on, I'd assume. Um, but it did take a little bit of adjusting to. Um, and so playing with different players the last few seasons, you know, it was Luke Devere the first season, actually, when he was here, you, you know, he helped me out quite a lot and um, just sort of gaining experience, um, which, which only helps. And Scotty has a lot of that as well, actually, um, obviously playing over in the UK as well. Um, so, no, it's been really good. And how much extra work do you have to do when you're paired up with Tim Payne, who's not exactly uh, the tallest of centre-backs? I mean, you know, you, <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have to cover him a bit, I'd, I'd imagine. Uh, to be fair to Payne, he's good in the air. Um, he's good in the air, actually. So, um, I actually, I like playing with both of them. Um, he's, uh, Payne's also been a good partner. And I think we, we did quite well the last the last um, two games. Obviously, the score sort of reflects that as well. Um, but no, look, it's... Um, it's kind of more your position, I think. I don't think that the height necessarily makes the uh, is a deciding factor of of the centre back, as you see. You know, in world football, you got you know centre backs like Martinez, for example, that um you know doing really well for Argentina and things like that. They aren't necessarily the tallest, but I think if you have the right positional awareness and and that sort of um, aggression, I think you can kind of compensate for that. Yeah, I think what was it Fabio Cannavaro, who was the Italian captain in two thousand six, yeah. won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, exactly. Was only five nine, I think five nine five ten. So yeah. yeah, makes me feel tall. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. Uh, well, who, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. We do uh, a lot to do a thing called a, a quick fire five, just to get to know you a little bit better, Josh. Um, okay. So if I, if I grabbed your uh, if I grabbed your phone now and had a look at your Spotify playlist, what was the last thing you played? Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Oh, you like a bit of the, yeah. the, the folksy uh, oldie stuff? I do. I love a bit of indie folk. That's me. That's yeah, you all over, all over. Yeah. Um, all right. What Mumford and Sons? Are they go to or are they, are like, they a bit Yeah, no, nah, they're they're a good they're a good they're a good car playlist as well. That yeah, yeah. windows right. down, blast blast the music. Oh, like little line man, that's you all over. Right. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> stuff. All right, mate. Uh as a kid growing up, who was your football team? Did you have one that you barracked for on watching on telly? Liverpool. I've just seen the Manchester United flag in your in your back wall as well. Uh, I'm a big Liverpool fan. My dad was. We used to remember we used to live here. Um, you have to get up early in the mornings to watch the games. I've always been a big fan of them. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate, but we'll carry on. Um, <laughs> that actually, that 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 scarf at the top there is from the '77 Cup final, when uh, yeah, when when United beat Liverpool. That was a massive upset because we just come back from the second division. So that's what that's from. Uh, Super Reds. Uh, so far in the past that they're not, yeah. they're not as good as they used to be. I'm old. That's what that. That's all that says. It just says I'm old. Golden era. Golden Exactly, mate. Exactly. Uh, if you've got a uh, if you've got a, a a day off and you're not training the next day and you're allowed a cheat meal, what's your what's your go to cheat meal? Oh, fried chicken burger. Mm. Some lucky chicken. Yeah, side of fries. Yeah, uh, loaded fries. Yeah, loaded rare. Fries. I have that rare mm. or one sushi bowl. There's something about that one sushi bowl in Wellington that's that's class. I have to say, I'm a no. big fan of it. Nice. Uh, that almost sounds too healthy to be a cheat meal sushi. Yeah, it does. But you know, you load it with enough mayonnaise and teriyaki <laughs> sauce. It doesn't. It doesn't become too healthy in the end. <laughs> Quality, mate. Quality. Uh, who's the most famous person you've met? Not Stevie Garkovich, surely. That's a really. I'm trying to. My mind's. My mind's blanking. Bally, Bally, David Ball probably say he's the most famous person I've met. Um, that's probably un- unlikely to be true. I actually can't think of it. It's just quite frustrating at the moment. Who is yeah. the be- who is the best player you've either played with or against? Uh, I played uh, quite a lot against Christian Pulisic in the academy days, uh, and he was a good player. It was a tough, tough opponent. Thankfully, he was out in the wing, so it was a fullback's problem. <laughs> Captain America, right? Eh? Captain America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
quality, Josh. Hey, listen, thanks very much for your time, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Good luck against Perth this weekend. Uh, hopefully we can get another WA. I appreciate it. No, hopefully, hopefully we continue the run. This is SENZ. It is Phoenix Nation, thanks to Oppo, and it's time to catch up with the Oppo, a man that knows New Zealand pretty well. Part of the Perth Glory set up now, uh, Danny Milosevic, goalkeeping coach there. G'day, mate. How are you? Very good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, mate, my pleasure. Happy Australia Day. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, uh, it comes around pretty quickly. Obviously, uh, January 26th, so National Australia Day. So, yeah, it's a public holiday in Australia, but obviously not for not for A-League organisations. We're in full swing. Yeah, exactly. What well, I mean, you know, today is Thursday. You play in New Zealand this weekend. Uh, when do you leave and, and, and what does today actually look like for you? Uh, early start for us today. Uh, we're training in the morning, uh, and then uh, we're, we begin the long travel over to to Wellington. So it's uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a long day for us here, but obviously, you know, one where we understand that you know we've got a game on the weekend on Saturday, so we've got an important match against obviously the Phoenix. So we need to do everything to prepare for that game properly. Yeah, well, they call it the distance derby, mate. I, I don't know how it is as a player. How do you find the travel as a coach? Uh, look, it's. Something obviously I've been at, at Glory for a long time now, so it's something that I've got used to. Um, I can't speak for all the players, but I know that some of the some of the players, especially some of the foreigners, find it a bit challenging and a bit tricky. Obviously, being on a plane for a long time and and uh, you know crossing a continent and then obviously over to New Zealand. So it's, it's look, it's a big challenge. Um, but as I said, you know the, the players that obviously around the A League get to know because obviously it happens, you know, for Wellington to come to us. So it's uh, it's part of the league. So it's yeah, look, it's. It's challenging for both teams, but it's, as I said, it's part of the league and it's part of you know what you need to do as a professional footballer and coach. Yeah, and, and of course, you know the pro set up at Perth. You guys had a, I, I think it's fair to say, you had a slow start to the season under a, a reasonably uh, new coach and, and Ruben Zadkovic, uh, but it feels like you're starting to build some momentum. Yeah, look, it took us time at the beginning, um, playing playing the first you know handful of games, five games, I think, away from home was a little bit. Sort of, it didn't. It didn't obviously help our season, you know, to get underway the way we wanted. Um, but there's no excuses. We've sort of uh, refocused, recalibrated after the World Cup break, and yeah, we've we've uh, managed to get some, you know, good results playing at home, and we want to carry on that momentum now as we come over to New Zealand. Yeah, what have you uh, made of the Phoenix this season under Ufuktele? Look, Phoenix are always a difficult team to play against. Um, Ufuktele has a very well organised team. Um, a very good squad, um, a mixture of obviously youth and experience in the team. Um, you know, watching them last week against Central Coast Mariners, you know, it was, it was a fantastic game played by the Phoenix. You know, they're, like I said, they're a very well-organised outfit. Um, Wolfhook's got a lot of, you know, attention to detail in within his squad, uh, within the, the style of, you know, football that he plays. So, you know, we're expecting a really, really tough match from the Phoenix on the weekend. Have, have you shoulder-tapped your old mate Danny Hayes, if he's got any insight? Uh... I don't want to give too many too many secrets, but yeah, definitely. Obviously, uh, Danny's been travelling between uh, Perth and New Zealand of late. Obviously, after his uh, you know departure from uh, New Zealand football. So, look, I, I can't say they wouldn't ask him about you know some of the some of the players that we might know not know too much about in terms of the younger New Zealand players. So, yeah, it'd be definitely uh, you know definitely hit him up for some advice and information on the team that you know stuff that we don't know from you know basically from. The, the videos that we get. So a bit of inside information always helps, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, mate. Take it where you can get it. Take it where you can get it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit also about your memories of, 
of New Zealand. Um, obviously, the very first A-League season, it wasn't the Wellington Phoenix, it was the New Zealand Knights. And while on the field, it, yep. uh, it didn't go particularly well um, as, a, as a club. Uh, what are your memories of, of being based in New Zealand and, and playing that, uh, uh, that, that uh, I think it was the first two seasons, wasn't it, uh, for the Knights that you yeah, were here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it was, a, it was fantastic memories for me. Um, obviously, you know, we would have loved to have had different memories on the park. Um, you know, a, a new team starting in Auckland and, you know, we're obviously the, you know, representing the, the country. So, look, it was, it was my, my memories, you know, as I said, we, we would have loved to have obviously done a lot better, you know, you know, beginning as, at the start of the A-League, you know, when it first uh, began all those years ago. Um, look, but, you know, I have many fond memories. I have many, um, my, my oldest son was born in New Zealand, in Auckland. So, as I said, I, I've taken, you know, I've taken many, you know, fantastic experiences and opportunities, and and as I said, thankfully that football's remained strong in in New Zealand. Obviously, it moved down to Wellington, and Wellington have been, you know, carried the mantle and been fantastic over, you know, the 15, 16 years of A League. So, it's, you know, unfortunately for for Auckland, how it stopped, but you know, I'm, I'm glad that Wellington took on the mantle and have had, you know, some fantastic successes over the years. Yeah, I mean, there's some interesting stories came out of that team too, weren't there? And one of those, I a couple of well, maybe season ago or season and a half ago, I remember I was watching a game of Premier League football and looking at who David Moyes was talking to, and his assistant is Paul Nevin, who was of course uh, the sure. boss of the Knights in the second season, mate. I mean, uh, that's a that's an interesting career tra- trajectory that he's had. Do you do you keep in touch with Paul at all? Uh, I haven't, but obviously, you know, following his career, he's obviously been involved also with the England, England national team, so. You know, congr- you know, congratulations to Paul. You know, he's obviously he came to obviously to New Zealand to, to to coach and to experience and to be a head coach. Obviously, you know, things didn't work out, but you know, he's he's a fantastic coach and a fantastic person, and you know, he's had wonderful success now with obviously the English national team, and he's he's been on one hell of a journey. So, look, as I said, you know, the, from the from the obviously the unfortunate stories and and you know how the club didn't go on past a couple of seasons. Obviously, the the Wellington, pardon the pun, rose from the ashes and. You know, have carried the mantle and have done some fantastic things and produced some fantastic players and also brought some wonderful foreigners to the league. So, you know, they've 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 continued off where obviously Auckland couldn't, but you know, it's it's been really good for football between both Australia and New Zealand, or for, for both nations. Yeah, yeah, it has, and uh, you know, there's always been that rivalry with Perth because of the distant derby, as it's been as been dubbed, mate. Um, I think it was a draw yep. there earlier in the season, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, the, yep. the, in a in a lot of ways, they uh, have a lot in common. I mean, you know, you're the most remote city in in the world in Perth, and you're away from the eastern seaboard as well. So, I, I guess there are some similarities in in terms of uh, you know a team from New Zealand, a team from Perth, both playing in this league. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I think I, I think both can sort of use it to their advantage because obviously the, the travel to, to, to both cities, um, you know, it, 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 it plays a big part. Obviously, the team's coming from the East Coast and obviously then, you know, us travelling over to Wellington, now the Eastern States team travelling over to Wellington. So, you know, there's there's both advantages and disadvantages of, of, of it. But obviously, we, we all, both both Wellington and Perth, look at it as a, as a, you know, the opponent coming to Perth. It's a long trip. Same for Wellington, you know, the opponents coming over there. It's a sort of a court. We want to we want to sort of make it a cauldron atmosphere, and that's sort of what we've managed to achieve. I think both clubs. I think you know, with with the Phoenix at Sky Stadium and us now at Maslow Park temporarily, we've been able to make it a, a difficult place to come and play, and 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 you know, hopefully teams don't like coming over there, which you know gives us a slight advantage, and then we've got to go and do the job on the day. 
you got to do the job on the day, all right? You've got a guy uh, between the sticks um, uh, with plenty of experience in Liam Reddy, mate. What's he like to work with on a day-to-day basis? Uh, excellent. Look, uh, we, I sort of call him Benjamin Button because he seems to be getting younger and younger as the years go on. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a fantastic athlete. Um, look, he's, he's a winner. He's, he's, uh, he's had a fantastic career. He's obviously career still going. You know, at you know, in his in his forties, so it's a testament to the type of character, to the type of person he is. Um, I know he obviously had you know success at Wellington. He's obviously been around the A League for a, quite a considerable period of time and had different clubs and had different you know different experiences at each club. But as I said, for for us, you know, he's come in. He said himself, you know, he came expecting to be here for one year, and and here he is six, seven years later. You know, still you know still playing the game and still doing really well. So it's a, it's a it's a credit to the person himself, athlete, because he just keeps himself in a wonderful, wonderful condition. And it's and it's fantastic for the younger guys to come and see, you know, because this person's still hungry at the age of 40, 41, you know, and it's 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 a it's actually a good lesson for the younger guys that come into our club. And at the moment, Cameron Cook, he's playing, and, you know, it's, it's been good for, for Cameron to learn off Liam. As I said, there's so much experience and so much know-how that, you know, sometimes that's, that's proves invaluable to, to everybody within the club. Yeah, uh, I mean, you've got some guys there that have actually got ties to to Wellington as well, haven't you? Because I mean, David Williams has also been playing for you a bit, and he had a couple of great seasons in Wellington as well. Definitely, I mean, that's, they're probably the seasons that stick in my mind with David David Williams and, and Roy Krishna up front. I mean, two two absolute what 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 absolute guns you had as firepower up front, and you know, scoring some fantastic goals and fantastic partnerships. So yeah, look, as I said, you know those. There, there, there's a, there's a. When you look back at history over the last 15, 16 years at the A League, and you look at the players that have come out of Wellington and and gone on to do things in, you know, in the world of football, and you just you just see it's a, it's a great breeding ground, it's a great country, for you know for football, and as I said, the country should be proud, and Wellington and, and New Zealand should be proud of the players that are coming out of the nation, and you know, because there's, there's yeah, I, you could you could name plenty of them, you know, obviously Libby. Libby's gone over to Syria from Wellington. There's, as I said, there's so many players that you know you sort of forget <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I thought, mate, for all money, and I'd be interested to get your take on this, that there was no way that Ollie Sale would be playing for the Wellington Phoenix this season after the season he had last season. Um, are you surprised that he hasn't uh, moved offshore, or you know, sort of had a had an offer offshore? And, and just how good do you think he is? Uh, look, I think Ollie Sale's a fantastic goalkeeper. Fantastic. I mean, he's got a. I love his personality. I love his character around the goal. Um, probably, probably Wellington uh, having to maybe print up some new jerseys for him because he seems to be in a in a scrap every weekend. He <laughs> seems to be having his shirt ripped in half every weekend. So, no. Nah, look, I'm I'm yeah very surprised that Ollie Sale is still around the A League. So I, I'm I'm certain that you know he he will as a you know he will go on to a, a club wherever he may choose in the future because he's just got the qualities. I had the fortune of, you know, knowing him as a young kid when the World Cup was playing in New Zealand, the, the World Youth Cup, and I first met Ollie then back as a kid. So, yeah, so look, I, you know, I can't talk highly enough. He's, he's, he's a fantastic goalkeeper. You know, in New Zealand are very fortunate to have another very good young goalkeeper come through the ranks like Ollie. And obviously, you know, the future looks bright in terms of the goalkeeping ranks at, at Wellington and especially with Ollie Sale. 
I mean, you've played at some big clubs as well, mate. We, we shouldn't forget, you know, you, you were at uh, Celtic for some time. You, you were at Leeds as well. Yep. And you went out on loan yep. to a few other clubs, including Wolves. And when you were at Leeds, you played uh, uh, with Nigel Martin and Paul Robinson, who both ended up playing for England. I mean, who was the best keeper, do you reckon, you've ever seen as a, as a teammate that you've trained with week in, week out? Oh, a good question. Um yeah, I mean, look, the the each each individual goalkeeper had you know their own you know certain quality. Obviously, Nigel Martin, you know, again at an, as an older keeper, as an older older England keeper at the time, because we were myself and Paul Robinson were only like twenty one and twenty at the time, and it was sort of fantastic to learn off uh, you know off Nigel Martin because obviously he was a very he was an England goalkeeper who was very strong, you know, in terms of his game and his experience. So. Look, I, I must say, as a, as a as a youngster, you know, obviously being around Nigel Martin was fantastic, and then obviously the the different experiences and you know going out to different clubs had their own goalkeepers. So as I said, probably probably you're right for me was, was Nigel Martin was a fantastic uh, a, a role model and 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 the way because obviously around that time he was probably the most um, expensive goalkeeper within England who was I think he was sold from QPR two leads for about one point five or two million pounds. So. You know, in that time, he was probably the most expensive keeper of his generation. So it just shows you how far, obviously, goalkeeping has come, and you know, and obviously, the how the most, you know, the perception is now the most important people are or the highest paid players, and now in the team are obviously the people scoring the goals, and now the people finally the people saving the goals or stopping from conceding goals. Hey, the blokes putting their bodies on the line, doing the real work. That's right, mate. They're putting their body, they're jumping in, they're putting their fists and bodies on the line. So yeah, look, finally, you know, it's taken a lot of time for that for for the for the game to realise that these guys, you know, have a have a massive importance to obviously the outcome of games, obviously, by the ball crossing the white line or not crossing the white line. So, you know, it's 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 you know, as the games developed and the positions got, you know, more technical and all things like that. So and and so has the value increased of a goalkeeper, which is good. And I'm and I'm happy that this generation now will hopefully you know, benefit from sort of being looked after for, for all those all those facets that need to be a good goalkeeper. Mm, good stuff, Danny. Hey, listen, mate, I really appreciate your time. Uh, travel well, travel safe, and uh, don't forget the duty-free on the way home, otherwise you'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> I know. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's, uh, I know my, my, my wife keeps telling me about duty-free on the way home. I try and steer clear, but, yeah, we'll make sure we uh, pass through and... Uh, Support the uh, support the economy, <laughs> mate. Well, actually, I read something, uh, and I know this is nothing to do with football, mate. But I read something the other day uh, from somebody. It was like it was one of those um, stupid opinion stories you see in the you know clickbaits, but saying if you've got a big Toblerone, uh, you're more likely to get an upgrade. Yeah. More likely to get an upgrade if you've got a big Toblerone in your trolley. So maybe maybe that's a that's a secret really? for you. Yeah, apparently so. Okay, and who do you need to show that big Toblerone to to get that upgrade? You have to show it to the. <laughs> To the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the chicken desk, mate. Maybe the chicken desk. <laughs> right, right. So you have to hand over that big table and say, is that like a bribe, is it? <laughs> oh, I think it might be. I think it might be. <laughs> Go well, Sounds Danny. Good. And wonderful. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, Thanks travel a lot. safe, brother. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oppo, featuring Supervook, lightning quick smartphone charging tech. This is Phoenix Nation on SENZ.
Yep. Phoenix Nation, unfortunately, Ricardo's had to slip away. So uh, just as we head towards the top and hand over to the run home, uh, Phoenix playing Perth on Saturday at 3 p.m. at Central Energy Trust Arena in Palmy. Is it in Palmy? Is there in New Plymouth? Always get them mixed up. Pretty sure it's one of these, those two, Central Trust Arena. Uh, Phoenix sitting fourth on the table at the moment. Perth Glory sitting in seventh. So a pretty decent battle there on 17 points. Phoenix on 20. So only one win in it. Uh, and then for the women, uh, they're playing Brisbane in Brisbane. Uh, AJ Kelly Park. That is 5 p.m. on Saturday. So you can catch both games nice and easy there. Uh, Brisbane are sitting... Da, 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 uh, seventh on the women's A League ladder, and Wellington uh, sitting uh, in last place on eleventh. But hey, they got their first win, and I'll give them a shot and a shout to beat Perth, who uh, are actually lower than Canberra, who the Phoenix beat by five goals. So give them a good shot. That's Phoenix Nation for another week. Big thanks to Rick Dog for pulling in a big shift. Uh, the run home coming up between four and seven. Myself and Captain K will be back tomorrow afternoons from twelve. See you then.